Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm honored to have Dave Ulrich with me. He's widely recognized as one of the top management gurus in leadership. He has been called the most influential HR leader of the decade, the father of modern human resources. He's named one of the 20 most influential business professors in the world and ranked the number one management educator and guru by Businessweek and listed in Forbes as one of the world's top five business coaches. Dave Ulrich is the Rensis Likert Professor at the Ross School of Business, University of Michigan, and a partner at the RBL Group, a consulting firm that's focused on helping organizations and leaders deliver value. He has published over 200 articles and book chapters and over 30 books. He is board of Herman Miller Company for 16 years, performed workshops for over half of the Fortune 200, in addition to coaching successful business leaders. I had the honor of collaborating with Dave nearly a decade ago on an executive development program and saw his genius come to life with a very senior audience. Dave, what struck me was really how you made the complex simple. Truly honored to have you join me on the podcast today. I have to first ask you, how do you accomplish so much and leave such an amazing legacy? I, I eat a lot. <laughs> uh, food is the fuel. No, I, uh, I'm not sure I've left a legacy, but I, uh, I have an engine inside that somehow keeps driving me and... Uh, I think so do you. I should go to you. You're the safety guru. So uh, I could ask you the same question. I love ideas. I think ideas are the, uh, the oil of the world and it's fun to shape and, and discover ideas. And I want to learn with you today, Eric. This is going to be a great discussion. Excellent. So Dave, you're widely known in HR circles. Everybody that I've connected to in HR thinks of you in, in really high regards. Uh, somebody could wonder why I'm inviting you to this podcast that's focused on safety and leaders focus on safety. And I think it's really simple. You've had such a tremendous impact in transforming the role of HR in many organizations. And I think it really could serve the blueprint for how safety organizations that have very similar corporate roles have an equally impact on team members. And so in my, my experience, many safety organizations haven't yet elevated their role to be a strategic partner in the same way that uh, HR has done over the last few years. So if you could share a little bit about some of your insights uh, around elevating the role of HR and turning it into a very powerful engine towards strategy. Again, HR is not all the way there yet, but let me try to do that with an example in the last uh, three weeks. We were teaching a course at the University of Michigan where I'm privileged to teach and about 25 people came in for a two-week course and we said, what do you want to learn? And they mentioned the HR issues. I want to learn about leadership development, mm -hmm. executive compensation, changing a culture, uh, DEI, big issue, hybrid work. Right. And I said, so, and then at the end of the week, uh, the two weeks, they said, good, I've got a template. I'm going to go back to my business leader and show them the work plan for, name one of those, the diversity, culture, right. leadership. And I'm gonna show them the plan. And I said, wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> when you go back to your business leader, you do not start with your plan. You start with the question, what's the business issue our company is wrestling with? 
right. what's the business issue? And, and, and the business issue may be cost, it may be innovation, it may be global distribution, it may be digital, it may be technology. What's the business issue we, I as a member of the mm -hmm. business team, are wrestling with? And then show how what you know and do in HR will enable that business issue. And, and that mindset is a, is a different shift. So culture, leadership, sure. executive comp, yeah, they're all critical. And the other, and, but you start with the business. The other thing that might be helpful for, for your audience, our audience for the next few minutes um, is two words, so that. People came in, they wrote on a flip chart, flip charts because I'm old and uh, we still use <laughs> flip charts in our in-person our, in classes. I want to learn about hybrid work. I want to learn about culture, the great resignation. And I said, go to the flip chart and write two words, so that, so that. Mm -hmm. That's it, so that. And unless the so that leads to a business outcome, you're not going to have the impact. Business leaders don't care as much about some of the technical issues in HR. And every time I say HR in my mind, right. I'm seeing Eric is replacing the word safety. <laughs> they don't care as much about the technical issues in HR, but they do care about the outcome of those issues. So that's the, that's the headline. Is My headline is HR is not about HR. It's about mm -hmm. helping the business succeed in the marketplace. Safety is not about safety alone. It's about helping our business be successful in the marketplace where we, where we have to be successful. I think that's a really important point. And, it, and it, I, the other element is the role of elevating safety is much bigger than just having rules. It's also getting into the culture space. It's, it's thinking about how to elevate the, the role of leaders. But we also know from, from organizations that have done safety very well that you actually create a great learning organization because safety is really about learning, uh, understanding events that happen, making sure they don't happen again, disseminating that information. So it's shifting as well the conversation to not just be about an injury rate, if I'm hearing you correct, is also yep, yep. so that we can connect to some of the other business priorities. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's play that out. I'll play it out with you. Yep. We want to manage our injury rate, which is critical. Mm -hmm. Right. So that what? So that what? Let me play it with you. I want to manage the injury rate. That's the data that I see. Right. So that what? So that our team members are, are happy to come here, feel safe, and know that they'll come home to their loved ones day in and day out. And I'm going to keep going. That's still okay. inside the company. Yes. So that we have a better employee experience and that's right. team members' safety and, and et cetera. So that what? So that for when you think about what you were just talking about, the great resignation, that we can keep the best talent within the organization. By the way, I'm being obnoxious. I, I love obnoxious. it. <laughs> Let me tell you where I'm going. Yep. I think until the soul that gets to a stakeholder outside the company, we're not fully engaged. For example, I want yep. to do safety incidents so that our employees have a better experience and, and they can return yep. home safely with their loved ones so that our customers have a better experience. And the correlation between employee experience and customer experience is very high. Right. If a, if a and, and, and I want a customer experience so that our investors have a better experience. If we get a higher customer valuation, the investor value goes up. And suddenly mm -hmm. I've created a value chain. And the so that forces me to get outside the company to not just say it's about safety and wearing harnesses. Those are events. But the so that gets me outside. By the way, the other place that's fun to start mm -hmm. is to say to the business leader, what is it you're worried about today? What is she or he right. worried about? I'm worried about innovation. Then you say, because of. What's going to drive innovation mm. in my company? Because of financial resources. Great. Sure. 
because of employees, because of their safety and their well-being. And I can go so that or because of, and starting with either the, uh, the safety or HR activity or sure. the outcome, and suddenly I'm building a bridge. And it's that bridge. And by the way, I didn't mean to be rude to you, but I think that's so that really. You're not. <laughs> it really pushes an, it right. pushes the assumption. It pushes the assumption. And eventually the so that should almost always be customer. My headline is, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll give an example I use in HR and you can translate to safety. Sure. What's the most important thing that HR can give an employee? Belief, meaning, become, mm -hmm. growth, belong, community, or all the above or none of the above. And everybody votes all the above. Right. And it's wrong. The most important thing you can give an employee is a company that succeeds in the marketplace. Because unless mm -hmm. and until you succeed in the marketplace, there is no workplace. Sure. By the way, I'm, I, I, and you're lucky to have not worked with me in the companies I've often worked <laughs> with. I've worked in Toys R Us, Circuit City, Eastman Kodak. I've worked in so many great companies that don't exist anymore. And you know what? They had great internal practices but they weren't right. connected to the customer. And unless we succeed in that marketplace, there is no workplace. And I, I find HR people get really offended. Well, I'm here to make people feel good. No, you're not. You're here to help succeed in the marketplace. Because mm. if you fell in the marketplace, that's the most dehuman. Well, I'm here to humanize the workplace. No, the most dehumanizing thing you can have is 100,000 employees out of work. Right. That's dehumanizing. Right. You go out and you build your system so that you succeed in the marketplace. So that's, that's, by the way, I got passionate on that. I probably should have been <laughs> more, more temperate. But I just think sometimes we get so enamored with our activities and what we do. Now, the second point you raised, which I mm -hmm. love, HR is often seen as an event. It's a pay event. It's a training right. event. It's a hiring or promotion event. You got to change the event into a pattern. And, that, and the pattern is the culture. Um, there's a lot of isolated events. Safety is an event, right. but the culture is when that event becomes a sustainable pattern. And, and that pattern is embedded in how we think and act and feel. And it, and it drives just, it drives the events. It's not about an event. It's about a pattern, uh, that allows us to be successful over time. And I'm assuming you've been in companies. Well, I'd love to ask you cause I want to learn sure. from you. Can you think of a company where safety is an event or a pattern? What's the difference in those companies? I think the organizations where safety is an event is everything's geared and act. Everything is around somebody had an injury and we mobilize to understand how to resolve it. Right. So it's it's very incident driven. Those where it's a pattern is where it's a true learning organization. We're learning from events before anything actually happens. We're, we may have had a near miss. We may have seen something that could have gone wrong. And we start thinking about how do I prevent it from happening before something more serious happens. I love it. So an event is almost an afterthought. A pattern is right. an anticipation that yes. I, can, I can predict what may. That's really helpful, Eric, because I see that in HR as well. Uh, we, and we have a whole lot of events, but they get strung mm -hmm. together with a string of pearls that create a pattern. And, and I think that's where HR suddenly gets, gets helpful, is that it becomes an ongoing pattern of how we, how we think about treating our people. It's not an event. Um, gee, on Tuesday, I'm going to call Jody and tell her she's great. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's, that's an event. Or we're going to have a, a succession planning day at the board. No, it's a pattern of treating people with respect. And I assume that same pattern 
has to occur within safety. You've got to get a safety pattern. Now, what does that require? A lot of things. I mean, we've looked mm -hmm. at how do, you, how do you sustain initiatives? I just got asked, um, we're doing some work on uh, work task and how do you change the nature of work? Do not focus on the job or the person, but the task. And there's some lessons we've learned about making mm -hmm. change a sustainable pattern. Happy to share those. Uh, but boy, this has been great. Number one, safety is not about safety. It's about helping our company succeed in yep. the marketplace too. We do that by, by creating a pattern, not a set of discrete isolated events. That's yes. really helpful. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the same element where you're advocating is really bring the role of HR. I would argue safety is the same. Elevate it, think more strategic, connect with the executives to, to have access to that C-suite because we're solving the issues that matter there. How does an organization transform towards it? How has successful HR organizations shifted the pattern from more administrative practices to strategic? You know, I, there's a lot of initiatives in a company, uh, dozens of administrative initiatives, safety, ESG, um, lots of initiatives. We've right. studied how do you make sure that those initiatives become sustainable changes? Right. We've identified seven things. Now, mm -hmm. uh, going through seven is going to bore your listeners to death, <laughs> so I'll try to make it interesting. Think of this, by the way, the metaphor I love is a pilot's checklist. Mm -hmm. Imagine you got on a plane and the pilot's door was open, and it never would be, and the pilot said, oh, we're too busy today. Let's just skip the checklist. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want that. The plane. I get yes. off. Or the pilot says, let's do every other item. Yeah, no. Here's the seven things. And they start with where you, you focus. One, you got to have leadership support. Right. I got to have a sponsor and a champion who says, this is something I personally, and using my status and role and title, stand behind. Um, mm -hmm. In HR, you've got to have business leaders who, who adopt it, who adapt it, who make that part of their identity. And so a business leader in safety has got to model safety. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got to live safety. You've got to talk about it, number one, leadership. Right. Number two, and these are going to be so obvious. I, I share these with senior executives and they go, uh, <laughs> duh. And I say, that's the pilot checklist. Not, you don't want your, your pilot says, wow, what is that rudder? You don't want this to be educational. You want it to be disciplined. Number two, you've got to create a business need. Right. What's the business case for doing safety? Safety is not just about caring for our people. There is a business case. That's what we started with. How will it add mm -hmm. value to customers, investors? Number right. three, you've got to have a clear vision and direction. What does safety mean? And I think, you know, what do we mean when we say we're going to be more safe? And I hope it's not just physical, but I hope it's also psychological. A hundred percent. Yes. That, that safety is a multidimensional concept. And, mm -hmm. and, and let me just stop with those three for a minute. You got to have a leadership support champion right. sponsor. You got to have a business case and you got to have a, a clear sense of what safety looks like. Those three make sense as a starting point. A hundred percent makes sense. And I agree with your comment around psychological safety, because what I was just sharing before where it's a pattern, people are speaking up. They're, they're questioning the work in front of them if something doesn't feel right so that we're learning before anything ever happens. Actually, that's really helpful. You just hit a third safety, one physical safety, which is no, no question. That's, right. uh, that's ladders and physical harm and deaths uh, and also COVID and injury. Psychological safety, which is mental health, emotional mm -hmm. well-being, uh, which I think is growing right now. I think in Absolutely. the uh, pandemic era, 
the pandemic comes down to be an endemic, and we talked earlier, I had to look up that <laughs> word. Um, but the emotional mental health issue is going crazy. The third safety you just mentioned is social safety, mm-hmm. that an employee feels that he or she has a right to speak up, that I have a social safety net, that I can tell my boss what I'm feeling without the repercussion. That's actually very interesting to think of uh, mm-hmm. um, physical, psychological. Okay, leader. I'm going to give my checklist. Now I'm a pilot. Do we have a leader? Do we have a business need? Do we have a vision? Number four, which is the most critical, have we engaged everybody in the process? Safety is not a random event. It's getting everybody connected to making it real. That is, is, Mm -hmm. it's not a communication. It's not a random act. Um, And we talked about that. Uh, Engaging everyone is so critical. Number five, have we translated safety? I got to go back to number four, engaging everyone. In the HR space, things happen. We we had tragedy with uh, diversity, with mm-hmm. deaths and tragedy. And in, in the Ukraine, there's a tragedy. And companies send out a, a broadcast. We stand with Ukraine. Uh, George Floyd, we stand with these issues. To be honest, those are not very helpful because they're isolated events. I mean, sure. sending out a safety announcement doesn't do as much. So doesn't you got to really engage people. Number four, yep. number five, you got to identify decisions. Now you're the safety expert, not me in the next 30, 60, 90 days. What decisions can we make that will drive safety in HR? We do the same thing. What right. decisions can we make and get clear? Number six, we got to weave it into our systems, budgeting system, talent system. Huge important. Yeah, huge. It, it can't be a standalone event. It's what I just said with the George Floyd communicate. I don't disagree with the communication, but I do mm. think it's got to be woven in. And finally, number seven, you got to monitor progress and track it. You got to keep track and learn and grow. That's your learning organization. I'll do them quickly. Mm. You got to have a leader. Yep. You got to have a business lead. You got to have a direction. Number four, you got to mobilize commitment. You got to get people bought into it. Number five, you got to translate it to very precise decisions. Number mm-hmm. six, you build systems around it. And number seven, you create learning so that we grow. Those seven dimensions are not new. Sure. Um, but in fact, when I've shared those with business leaders, they go, I'm paying you for this insight. <laughs> I could have come up with those seven in 10 minutes. And I said, why would it take you 10? It takes you two. <laughs> but the discipline like a pilot checklist to do that is right. what really helps. And I hope safety is about disciplines. It's about protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the actionable protocol we've seen. I think the, the element you talked about, I'll touch on the last two, weaving into the budgets, so important because simple decisions around, I need to reduce the cost in this PL and I don't think about what could go wrong. We saw it with a, with a Boeing oh, uh, 737 MAX not so long ago in terms of decisions that that are intended for the right reason to maybe reduce costs, improve profitability, can have the wrong impact if you don't think about what could go wrong, right? And then you talk about monitoring. One of your books touches on some of the metrics, the leading indicators. The leading indicators to me is key because a lagging indicator is interesting, but not useful. It doesn't tell you how your performance is going to go. You want to think about how am I adding value? How am I engaging employees around improving their safety practices? How we're learning? These are all leading indicators that I think need to to be embedded in the business and elevated. I totally agree. I love your first point there around we often cut what looks simple to cut. For example, in the HR, (laughs) we'll cut training. 
Well, <laughs> and that makes sense. But remember, the training and development is the fuel that drives the engine. And, and you run out of fuel and the engine doesn't work. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure the same would be true in safety, that, that there are investments that we have to make. What would be some lead indicators? Again, I, I'm spoiled because I get to learn from the <laughs> safety guru. What would be some lead indicators that you think people might want to track around safety? This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, de develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions, Propolo has you covered. Visit us at propolo.com. There's certain things around how many employees have been involved in improvements, right? So you had a book many, many years ago on workout, which was really about creating boundaryless organization, really about employee involvement and engagement. Same concept, just are we leveraging our employees to drive improvements? Uh, how many near misses are we seeing? Are we really learning? So you talked about aviation at checklists. There's about 60,000 near misses are reported by the FAA uh, every year. Wow. Uh, and a near miss could be something benign, could be something a little bit more substantial, um, but people are comfortable raising issues, right? So, oop, we forgot this item on the checklist might, might end up being a, a near miss to use your earlier analogy. And so an organization where people have the psychological safety and the social safety, you're going to see a lot of those near miss reporting. People are going to look at it. They'll stop work and say, what just happened? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Those are just a few samples. You know, I love that. And you used the word earlier. I love learning, create a learning culture. Yeah. I mean, I, I fly and we're using airlines a lot. I fly quite <laughs> a bit and I always or I used to fly quite a bit before the last couple of years. I always got mystified that when it rained, everything shut down. <laughs> and I thought, these executives have some form of corporate Alzheimer's. It's rained before. I mean, <laughs> don't you realize that we've had rain and we can actually manage? And it feels like we're not creating a learning agenda that, right. you know, we and I think that's really cool about near misses. So how do we learn? And hopefully nobody ever loses a life or a limb or something tragic. But how do we learn to avoid that and anticipate? I really like that idea. Uh, and I see companies not doing that very often. The other thing I've seen in safety is to get the symbolism of safety there. I mean, you know this, and, and I'm telling mm -hmm. safety people obvious stuff, which shows I'm not a guru in safety. In a lot of uh, manufacturing plants, every meeting begins with a safety discussion. Right. I mean, a safety. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, at Medtronic, now here's, uh, let me throw something out to think out loud. Medtronics is a firm that makes stuff that you don't mm -hmm. want to have to use. It's, it's heart valves <laughs> and, and, right. and things in your body, uh, medical devices. They like to begin most of their meetings with a customer who comes mm -hmm. in yeah. or patient and says, thank you, your valve saved my life. It would mm -hmm. be interesting to try to elevate safety, not just here's a safety minute, which is a great idea, safety moment, yeah. but to talk about what that means, a family member or a, or, or somebody outside yeah. the company to say, let me, let me just tell you how important safety is. Let me give one example mm -hmm. uh, as I'm thinking out loud. A number of years ago, GE, well, they still make aircraft engines. Yes. One of their engines went bad, and the pilot was 
close to death. I mean, because the engine was bad and, and you could hear his tension in his voice. And the plane crashed. He bailed out and was thankfully saved. What GE Aircraft Engine did was very clever. They brought him in to speak mm -hmm. to every employee group. And he right. stood up and he said, let me share the last five minutes of the cockpit conversation where he is literally scared to death. You hear it, you hear the tension. You guys goofed. Hmm. Something didn't work and it almost cost me my life. When you talk about quality or TQM, whatever it is, yep. it's not abstract. That the people who saw that in in the Cincinnati pl the plant many years ago said we've we've heard so many statistics about quality mm -hmm. and we've had little lectures on quality tools. Nothing means much more than a pilot coming in and saying, yeah. "What you did here almost cost me my life." Get on board. Now he said it in a more positive way. Of than course, right. It would be fascinating to have some of that. Um, and some organizations have done that, and they've done it in terms of either somebody who got injured or even reflections as to who do I stay safe for because there's an element of personal choice, right? So internalizing that, that motivation. The other theme that I've seen work really well in, the, in organizations is beyond the safety moment, don't go on a ladder without whatever, is start pushing some reflections. Uh, tell me about a leader that really influenced your safety. Uh, what was unique about them, right? So more open-ended questions to reflect around where I've seen good happen, um, maybe where I've had some some shortcuts that I've taken in the past, recognizing that I'm not perfect and, and talking about where I've made maybe the wrong choice or a good choice where I've been influenced by. I love it. And again, I said I was going to learn. I've uh, Nobody can see this because we're video. I've got a page of notes <laughs> that I'm, I've got. Two notes strike me then. Put a face on safety. Personalize Yes, 100%. It. Um, I really like that. The second is use reflections to anticipate. What mm -hmm. what did I do today that worked? What did I do that potentially increased risk? So I like that. Put a face on safety and use reflection time to uh, to get ahead of what could go wrong. I love that. I mean, anticipation is about risk. And right. companies are doing risk audits all the time. Safety should be a part of that risk audit. Mm -hmm. um, and what are the reflections that I could anticipate where things might go wrong? By the way, I say that and I look at my office where I'm sitting right now and going, oh my gosh, look at all this. Um, but again, we don't want to overbear it. We don't want it to be overbearing. Yeah. But but it goes back to where we started. Why do we do this? We do this so mm -hmm. that an employee has a good experience, so that a customer, investor have good experiences. And, and it begins to make a difference. I, I really like that. I really like that. You've shared some, some great ideas on the strategic relationship. How do I elevate that the conversations? I think the other element that, that I see within HR that's important is also the HR business partner model and how I'm aligning in HR with each line of business to understand their priorities and connecting with them to make sure that I'm adding value. Could you maybe share some insights there? Because I think that yeah. same approach works in corporate functions in terms of how do I become that thinking partner for the operational leader, maybe at a site? Let's go back to the case I started with of somebody who sure. left our program at Michigan and sat down with their business leader and said, the business partner starts with, what are we trying to accomplish as a business? Innovation, uh, digital transformation, whatever the business is. Then the second question is, how can I help us make that happen? Notice it's us, not you. How can I help us make that happen? And I then bring some of my tools to that agenda. 
this is what often happens. The partner, the business leader says, here's what I want. I want mm-hmm. people to do this. I want people to do that. Safety, here's what I want. Sure. I think I can tell you more, not just what you want, but also what you need. I think, in, uh, by the way, this is a broader issue. I think people mm-hmm. are feeling a little bit entitled right now. They want to work at home. They want right. to work. I don't want to drive 401 to Toronto. That traffic is horrible. <laughs> I've been there. I don't want to drive on that, on that road. I want to work up north. I want to work in wherever and just work remotely and get paid the same. Mm-hmm. Well, what you want is good. Business leader, <laughs> what you want is good. But I also can tell you some things that you need. And I think the challenge is responding to what people want, but also guiding people on what they need. And that's what we're helping HR people do. For example, mm-hmm. I want you to go hire people. I want you to train people. I want you to pay people. I want you to do career management with people. And the, business, the HR business person says, that's great. That's great. You know, we'll hire, we'll train. All of that we'll do around people. But let me tell you what you need. You got to build a culture. And if all you mm-hmm. do is those events around talent, you're not building the team. You're not building the capability. So what you want is to treat people well. Don't disagree. What you need is to turn people into a high-performing team. And when you can make that happen, you're going to have more success. I hope in safety we don't just say, here's what you want. You want lower incidents. You want uh, harnesses on ladders. No. Here's what you also need. And I'm going to bring you some ideas that will help make that happen. And then describe it in a very simple way. I, you said I, I turned complexity into simplicity. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. I hope so. To you say, let, let me give you two or three things you might do. I'll give an example of that. Sure. We uh, worked with a, a, a person doing HR, and their business leader was traveling around the world visiting 10 countries on tour. Those things happen. And right. it could be a plant visit. It could be site visits, whatever. The HR person went to the person coordinating the senior executive's trip and said to that person, when she or he visits a plant, would you mind asking a couple of questions? Mm-hmm. How's the culture here? How are you treating people? Almost didn't matter. Right. But when the business leader went out on that tour, they asked those questions. And by asking the questions, the business leader began to behave as if he was committed or she was committed mm. to the human, is- human resource issues. Safety, simple action. Get your business leader to begin to ask the safety questions, to begin to probe safety in their daily routines. Right. You know, how's the business doing? Oh, it's great. Well, our profits, our margins, our customer scores. How are we doing with some of the safety issues? What are you thinking? Just not a big deal. Just throw it in. Mm-hmm. Don't say the world's going to stop. We're now going to do 20 minutes on safety. No, we're going to make a part of the routine. And um, by the way, that business leader came back after visiting 10 countries and said, wow, I got some great insights. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea. When, when you get people to behave as if they're committed in a public way, they'll become more committed. And when mm-hmm. you get people to behave as if they're committed to safety in a public way, they'll probably become more committed to it. I would say many of the questions you shared on those tours are the exact same ones that somebody on the that's committed on the on the safety side should also be asking. How are people treating you here? Um, yeah. When there's an issue, how are we solving it? Uh, things of that nature. Asking for input is so critical. The safety component as well, but even the broader cultural elements. 
I love, I mean, one of my takeaways today is often when I think of safety and I have a narrow mindset, I'm broadening it. I think of physical safety. I've got psychological safety. And I really like that idea of social safety. Are we creating a social work setting where people have a safety uh, to voice their opinions? I think that's a critical piece and I love it. I know we've gone a long time. <laughs> you are so good at this. I can see why you're the safety guru. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> you have so many great ideas. Uh, and I think the, the element I would also advocate is there is so much opportunity for better collaboration between the HR groups and the safety groups, because both need to bring culture to the forefront to, to be able to drive impact. Both care about how the leaders show up, because we know in both cases that has such an impact. And, and there's opportunities for better collaboration because at the end of the day, when you talked about psychological safety and social safety, these are themes that are critically important for safety, but also for HR. No question. And yeah, we did some research. What makes a great HR department? Mm -hmm. And guess what? The, uh, the structure of the department didn't matter very much. What mattered yeah. the most was the relationships between the HR people. Do we collaborate? Do we work well with each other? Do we have a positive relationship? The example I love, and this may or may not apply to safety, I would assume it does. There's a tool called RASI, Responsible, Accountable, Consulted, yes. Informed, and you go through it. I've been married 45 years. I'm old. Not once in 45 years have my wife and I sat down Sunday night and done a formal RASI. <laughs> Laundry, shopping, cooking, paying bills, caring for kids. Right. You know what? We have a relationship. Right. Last week, she was swamped. She was really busy. So here's, here's what I do, and you do the same thing. I went shopping, I cooked food, I did laundry because right. that was my relationship. This week I'm right. a little busy and so I'm doing, she's doing that. I mean, we've got to build relationships within safety, between safety, HR, IT, finance, and with us and the business leaders. And when those relationships mm -hmm. work, the roles don't matter as much. If you have clear roles, but not a good relationship, you won't get it, things done. So. I know we've gone over, I, I really appreciate a sensitivity to safety and using safety so that our employees have a better experience, so that our mm -hmm. customers, investors, and communities have a better experience. So Dave, thank you so much for, for coming. I think you brought some really great ideas from the HR space that really apply in, in the safety space. I encourage anyone to, to pick up any of your uh, titles, your, your books you've published, Leadership Code, uh, Results-Based Leadership, uh, the, the one on Workout, there's, the list goes on. You've got a lot of great insights that I think uh, applies well in the safety world. And I really encourage people to pick up, reflect, and see what could work for them. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy, distinguish yourself from the pack, grow your success, capture the hearts and minds of your teams, fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the ops guru, Eric McCroskey.